everyone, welcome back to Space to Learn. I'm Lucy Woodward and if this is the first episode that you're listening to, this podcast is all about self-development, mental health, student lifestyle at university and a whole bunch of other things that I like talking about. Um, I'm a second year student at the University of Nottingham and yeah, that's pretty much what I think you need to know. Today I'm going to be talking about climate solutions because honestly I think climate change is one of the it is literally the most important topic that I can ever talk about on here and I just think it's important that I address it. Um, I've done a previous episode on climate change and that was kind of more focused on habits you can do and things you can implement into your own life to make a difference. This one's going to be more focused on the bigger picture and the fact that there are so many solutions that exist already that we can implement and that we should be implementing on a far greater scale. I think one of the challenges when you talk to people about climate change is that everyone seems to think it's a very doom and gloom subject and that there's not really any hope in the situation but I hope with this episode that I can address that and try and switch people's mindsets from thinking about the climate crisis as a problem. Obviously it is a problem but if we can choose to see it as an opportunity for so much growth and so much we can create such a better world than the one we live in already if we address climate change yeah anyway i'm going to get into it but i think switching people's mindset and focusing more on the solutions rather than the problems is the only way that it's going to get solved so yeah going to go into some of the solutions all of the things i'm going to be talking about come from an amazing organization called project drawdown I think they do absolutely incredible work. They mostly focus on the solutions. There's a book that I got for Christmas, which I 100% recommend to anyone. I'm nowhere near finished it yet. It's kind of quite a dense, um, dense read, but it's called Drawdown, the most comprehensive plan ever proposed to reverse global warming. And it's created by a whole load of different scientists from all over the world, people working in different countries different situations with energy with food with transport things like farming and refrigeration food waste all of these sorts of things that by solving them we can solve so much more than just climate change we can solve inequalities and injustice and uh, there's just so much that can be solved through scaling up these solutions the team at project drawdown have done many many calculations and they're all verified and everything so Any stats that I say, unless I say otherwise, will be from Project Drawdown. I know there's a lot of like misinformation and false stats, but they've carefully calculated it and they've taken into account uh, different situations and tried to come up with the best guess estimate for predicting how much carbon can be reduced from these various solutions. I also attended a Project Drawdown webinar the other day, which was so interesting and like insightful and just the way that they explained it and it was just a really positive event which I think is quite rare like I was saying with climate change it's all a bit negative and everyone focuses on the problems but this just helped me like summarize it all I guess if I can find a link to that then I will try and find that and link it in the show notes I'm not sure if um, that's available or not anyway I'm going to stop waffling now I hope you are having a lovely week so far whatever you're up to term for me is starting tomorrow so last day of relative freedom from like the post-exam period back into lectures tomorrow which will be potentially a bit of a shock to the system (laughs) I always get a bit apprehensive before starting a new term but should be good should be all fine 
and yeah i'm gonna get into it without further ado and let's talk about some climate change solutions I'm going to start by defining what drawdown means because I think often it's thought of as just reducing our greenhouse emissions but drawdown technically is the point in the future when levels of greenhouse gases in the atmosphere stop climbing and start to steadily decline thereby halting climate change. So picture an exponential curve it's increasing over time that increase is getting more um, rapid and what we need to do is try and flatten that curve tip it in the other direction almost go over the hill at the top of the curve and start bringing our emissions down start reducing global temperature etc so we want our hill which is slowly increasing and increasing to flatten off then decrease and go back down the other way that's essentially what drawdown is and drawdown is that peak at the top of the curve so that's the point that we're trying to get to <laughs> because if we get to that point then things will start slowing down and we can actually stop climate change which is what we all want really yeah drawdown is referring to a future time in the earth's climate and this is a really really important point because it just highlights the fact that at the moment we're still on this really really steep rapidly increasing curve emissions are growing and growing and we're not really doing anything about it which obviously is not ideal um, and we need to get to zero as quickly as you can we need to get to drawdown as soon as possible and to do that there are two ways that we can do it the first way is to bring sources to zero which means we need to drastically reduce the amount of um, greenhouse emissions that we are producing and the second way is to maintain the natural sinks that we have sinks are just things that take carbon out of the atmosphere and put it back in storage almost so you're you're not burning it up you're keeping it in the ground and that includes things like stopping deforestation stopping damage to the oceans because our oceans are a huge natural carbon sink same with um, on the land so soil contains a lot of carbon and the way that we farm at the moment means that we are basically churning it all up and reducing the capacity of our soil to to hold the carbon so yeah that's the two main ways um principle one is to reduce the sources and principle two is to maintain our natural sinks people talk a lot about carbon storage and working on those kind of solutions like engineered sinks but john folly who is the executive director of project drawdown in this webinar that i attended the other day he explained that this kind of just gives oil companies and the big uh big contributors to global warming it gives them an excuse to keep going it's almost like they've got this imaginary mop to mop up all the mess that they're making and it's like oh it's all right i'll clean it up later but they haven't actually made the mop yet so at the moment it's just a puddle of water that keeps on growing on the floor so that one is a little bit counterproductive and it's why drawdown like to focus on maintaining the natural sinks that we have already which are doing an amazing job we are doing absolutely nothing in terms of carbon sinks it's all the planet the planet is keeping all our lovely carbon in the ground in the oceans and our contribution to carbon sinks is minuscule so yeah we need to preserve our forests and our oceans and stop chopping them down <laughs> and then that first point that i mentioned about reducing the sources of carbon dioxide the reducing our greenhouse emissions there are a huge variety of ways in which we emit um, greenhouse gases into the atmosphere the first biggest one 25 percent comes from electricity production 
a big way that we can reduce our emissions in all different aspects of life is by being more efficient basically just reducing the amount of pollution for the same amount of energy that we get especially for electricity production efficiency is really important it means that we need less electricity um, to power the same amount of things we can also obviously make it in a greener way renewable energy is a huge way that we can try and reduce our emissions hugely successful um, technologies that exist already that we are implementing like the uk is doing pretty good to be fair on renewable energy apart from that uh, new coal power plant that's in cumbria if you haven't heard about that then look it up uh i am definitely against that it's awful um anyway the next um main source of greenhouse gases is 24 percent of the total emissions and that comes from food agriculture and land use deforestation is a big part of this deforestation is 10 percent of climate change and there's also so many important factors in the way we grow our food how much food we waste 30 to 40 percent of food produced is wasted which is awful um diet is also really important drawdown talk a lot about plant-rich diets i am not advocating for any particular diet or another like i think it's food is definitely something that you have to figure out for yourself and obviously people have different um health conditions and it doesn't work for everyone but is there's so many changes that we can all make even if you don't want to go vegan that's fine it's not for everyone um it doesn't mean that you can't make changes in other ways even if it's like one veggie day a week that's such a great start reducing the amount of meat that we consume is important and although people like to eat a lot of meat it's it's really not good for the planet so that's something we can do something i've been doing lately since the start of the year really is not eating any meat at lunch times and i do not notice the difference to be quite honest i will continue to do it because it's it, it doesn't affect me at all really like i don't i don't need to eat meat every meal of the day like that's that's not really necessary so yeah also been trying some cool recipes which are veggie and stuff like that so it's been good other big contributors to greenhouse emissions are from industry making steel concrete plastics waste as well and refrigeration refrigeration is huge making fridges more efficient on an industrial scale on a household scale can make a huge difference and that's something that i really wasn't aware of until i uh, looked into it but fridges are quite big contributors to climate change also transportation um, flying and roads and travel etc buildings as well um, so enhancing the efficiency of how well we maintain like heat within buildings is is a big one anyway that's just kind of a brief overview there's obviously huge amounts of detail within that that i'm not going to go into but look it all up on the website it's great and really really important to know about i think because if we don't recognize where we are doing stuff wrong then we're not going to be able to to improve it the third one which i'm gonna go into now is improving society so you had reducing emissions maintaining natural sinks and the third is improving society and the biggest one in this category is educating girls and women because if women have better education then they have fewer healthier children a little bit later in life and that has a massive effect there's a really interesting part of drawdown which talks about this and I'm just going to read out a few little bits from it, just random little passages that have stuck out to me. Uh, so it says, girls' education, it turns out, has a dramatic bearing on global warming. 
Women with more years of education have fewer healthier children and actively manage their reproductive health. According to the Brookings Institution, the difference between a woman with no years of schooling and with 12 years of schooling is almost four to five children per woman. And it is precisely in those areas of the world where girls are having the hardest time getting educated that population growth is the fastest. Population is obviously a big thing to consider because if you have more people, then that's more emissions and more resources that you need. And so from their calculations, they worked out that educating girls and family planning could result in 59.6 gigatons of emissions reduced by 2050. And that is a huge, huge amount. To put it into context, every gigaton of carbon dioxide is the same as 400,000 Olympic-sized swimming pools. 400,000 Olympic-sized swimming pools. I can't even imagine an area that big, but that's how much one gigaton of carbon dioxide is. And this could this could result in 59.6 gigatons being reduced which is insane, like that's amazing. So yeah, I think this is a huge one. And obviously this is gonna have amazing consequences aside from climate change. Quality education for girls is really important and can have such a big impact. Today, 130 million girls are denied the right to attend school. And this is uh, worst in secondary schools. In sub-Saharan Africa, fewer than one in three girls attend secondary school and 75% of all girls start school, but just 8% finish their secondary education. 8% of girls finish their secondary school education. I cannot imagine that. I I think this one could have huge, huge, like long reaching consequences. Quality girls education also means that they have longer life expectancy, uh, means they have children a bit later in life. It means that their children have longer life expectancy. And a 2010 economic study shows that investment in girls' education is highly cost competitive with almost all of the existing options for carbon emissions abatement. So basically it's really, really affordable as well. It doesn't cost that much to educate girls compared to how much other carbon solutions would cost. Yeah, I just think I just think this is really interesting. I think to some extent they mentioned this in the latest David Attenborough documentary, which was called A Life on Our Planet. Definitely watch that if you haven't watched that already. It's amazing. It really hits home, that one. Um, but important to watch, I think. Following on from that little comment I made about the cost of educating girls being a lot less than other solutions, uh, one of the common arguments to like solving climate change and investing in these technologies is that it's really expensive and that it costs loads and we can't afford that but it's this is a myth because the money that we're going to put in to climate solutions is predicted to pay back between five to one or seven to one return on investment which is incredible like it's not going to cost too much and we're going to get more money back than we are spending at the moment especially when you can consider the amount of money that would be spent when like natural disasters occur more frequently huge unforeseen events such as maybe the coronavirus pandemic that we haven't really prepared for that are going to become more frequent when our temperature continues to rise and if we don't do anything about that then we're going to be thrown into a completely different climate that we are very unprepared for and that we will not be equipped to deal with so that like acting now is just gonna save us not only like our planet and our lives and everything like that but 
from an economic point of view it's it's stupid to continue on this path and be really short-sighted and not see the long-term effects of our actions i was listening to a really good podcast the other day on my run it's called john richardson and the future noughts and my dad first um, introduced it to me i love that podcast it's such an insightful and interesting dive into different topics um this one was on the future of economics other episodes that i've liked um include like the future of work the future of climate change the future of food future of energy there's they basically dive into important topics that affect everyone and just dissect them it's it's great and they've had some great guests on in this series too um anyway so this one was on the future of economics and i um i'll hold my hands up i'm very uneducated on economics but this was really interesting and i i enjoyed it a lot it featured kate rayworth who is the author of the book donut economics and she kind of has this uh, different view of how economics should work fact that we always measure everything on how much we're growing rather than things like well-being and the, the more important things other than just continually growing year on year um anyway it was, it was just really interesting but they were talking about the fact that we have just created this system this economic system where we don't actually account for the environment at all we have this system this, these theories and things that are so disconnected from the actual world that we live in and we don't account for the fact that we're sucking things out of the environment and that's not seen as a cost in the same way that it should be so that was just a really interesting concept i thought because it just highlighted the fact that we're just going off on this trajectory and really not accounting for the bigger picture and not seeing the effects of our actions in real time and not viewing that as a cost that was going to come back to bite us later but yeah definitely listen to that it was a good one i would recommend any of the episodes on there to be fair it's also really funny and so moving on from that the biggest challenge that we're going to face is scaling the solutions that exist already quickly because we still have a chance of stopping this uh, even with today's existing technologies we don't need anything else according to drawdown's calculations we can solve climate change and avoid the inevitable doom of our planet if we implement these changes now and scale them up to the scale that they need to be which is really positive like that's great we don't need anything else we can stop fussing about like oh well if we had this we can do that and thinking about all these theoretical imaginary solutions we can just choose to act now and use the solutions that we already have and just make them work (sighs) it sounds so simple doesn't it when you say it like that but it really can be and at the end of this webinar something john folly said he mentioned the fact that everyone knows the problems now everyone knows that climate change is an issue but now we need conversations about solutions and innovations we need to elevate the literacy of climate solutions to the same extent as we have this literacy on climate change now and all the problems associated with that so that's kind of what inspired me to make this episode i guess um and just seeing it as an opportunity to solve things like injustice and the economy and uh, gender inequality and racism and solving like equity problems just all of these things tie into the fact that we've been so oblivious to destroying our planet in my mind at least i'd love to hear any of your thoughts by the way if you have any like longer thoughts then feel free to 
um, message me or email me you can email at space to learn podcast at gmail.com and also send a message on instagram or get involved with any of the polls that i do on there that's just at space to learn podcast but we have this incredibly beautiful and thriving world if we choose to make that our future the choice is right in front of us and at the moment we're making the wrong choice or like big organizations and governments are and so another thing that we need is leadership really important visionary leadership where the future is better than it is now the fact that if they choose to invest in the right things they can have this like legacy of being an amazing leader and creating so much positive change rather than just creating more problems for future leaders to have to solve it's going to benefit our health and our security equality justice our children's lives our grandchildren's lives but if we don't do anything now then it's just going to get out of our hands and become uncontrollable and so much irreversible damage which obviously we don't want so i just it seems so obvious and i appreciate there are like challenges and things but we just have to like step up to this challenge (laughs) there's no other way of going about it we have to reach drawdown and start to reduce our emissions and maintain the sources and to improve society and all of those things we need to forget what's already happened as well we need to focus on now and make sure we're taking the right steps to get to where we need to be rather than just feeling all this guilt um, passing blame around blaming different people different organizations guilt is the most pointless emotion and does not make any changes it just leads to like wasted time basically um which we don't have (laughs) we're really running out of time uh so i think don't beat yourself up if you've never taken an interest in climate change before if you've never done anything about it or don't really see it as your problem just start afresh do your best from now like that's all you can do the the past is gone and don't feel guilty about doing certain things we don't need a few people doing it perfectly making perfect changes and living out their lives in a perfect sustainable way we need everyone making changes imperfectly that is going to get us to where we need to be passing around blame is not going to not going to help and so guilt tripping others as well is is really not not beneficial choose to educate people if they're doing something wrong rather than making them feel guilty about it because that's what's gonna like people would like to decide things for themselves and yeah systemic change is really needed but all the solutions we need exist at the moment so we just need to focus on scaling those up the final thing that i want to talk about before i wrap this episode up is the fact that everyone has a role to play i watched a ted talk earlier called um, every job is now a climate job i think something like that hang on a sec no matter where we work every job is a climate job now by jamie alexander and this is something not many people are talking about but as an employee you have huge power in influencing your employers who ultimately can make changes and stuff even if your job is completely unrelated to the climate you can still have an effect and everyone and every organization has emissions and like things that they can do to help so no matter what job you have like no matter if you're in in school in university there's things that you can do to try and help i recently wrote a letter to the vice chancellor of our university and i'm collecting signatures for that letter to send it off if you are a university of nottingham student or alumni then 
please click the link in the show notes and go over and sign that if you haven't already. Um, really just want to get as many people as possible to sign that before I send it. I think I'm going to send it on the 5th of um, February, Friday the 5th. So if you're listening to this on like the Wednesday, Thursday or Friday after I put it up, then uh, if you still have time, then please go and sign that letter. That would be that'd be great. If you're at another university, maybe you could write a similar letter. If you are in school, you can maybe try and have a meeting or send an email to your head teacher to find out ways that your school is trying to be more sustainable. There's just so many ways in which you can make your voice heard and I think that's it's a really important thing to do. Equally, people like teachers have such a huge role. Like I was mentioning, education is so important and we really also need to hear from people of all diverse backgrounds. It's not going to help if the only people we have preaching this message is kind of old white guys the people who are like generally more in power than other other groups we need people from all different backgrounds different ethnicities like genders ages everyone has a voice and so you can appeal to your specific um like your specific group of people and even if you don't have a big platform to share things you can influence the people in your own life and educate them and make them be more aware of the situation. Uh, maybe it's having a conversation with your parents or your grandparents or your siblings and just making it more of a normal conversation I think can really help as well. Equally, it's not all about the like energy jobs and just jobs that directly work with climate change and implementing those solutions there are so many different uh ways in which climate change is going to affect jobs and ways that through work you can help solve the solutions maybe it's through writing about it through speaking about it through uh sharing ideas maybe you're a teacher maybe you're a politician or uh, work with charities there's so many ways and everyone has a unique role to play so Think about where your unique skill set lies, skill set lies, and try to um, try to like work out what you can do and how you can help in the best way. Because obviously, it's not like things aren't for everyone, and everyone has different uh, perspectives and abilities and ways to talk about things and to make a difference. So tap into what you think you can best do to help and focus on that. For me, it's uh, writing, and like I said, I wrote that letter and stuff. Uh, and also like doing podcasts like this I really think that talking about it can can help Uh, I think people might think I'm a bit naive for that but if we don't talk about it then like the alternative to talking about it is not talking about it and that is definitely not going to do anything so yeah I am going to wrap it up here I think I hope this was vaguely coherent because I feel like I've just been hopping around on a load of different topics but I think it's important to consider the bigger picture because often we focus on the small parts and don't really see how everything links together, which ultimately it does. So that's very important in my opinion. Thanks for making it this far and I will do my weekly favourites section now. My first favourite was that we had a snow day last week and it was so much fun. It just kind of, I don't know, it just randomly started snowing one afternoon and so we went out for a walk and then that was fun. It kind of got heavier and heavier and the next morning I got to wake up to the most beautiful like 
beautiful blue sky and all the snow on the trees and the sun was like just coming up and making it pink it was really beautiful and we walked over to Willerton Park which is this like uh, deer park and there's like a hall and things really close to where we live which is great and we just kind of chucked in a couple of plastic bags at the last minute and ended up really really working as makeshift sledges it was so much fun I felt like I was like skiing down the mountain just inner child coming out as well it was great so that was really really good fun I made a little reel of it which I shared on Instagram it's definitely been the highlight of the month it was a it was just a really good morning we had a lot of fun walking around saw some saw some of the deer as well snowball fights etc it was great I can't remember if I've mentioned her before but I've been loving the channel Leah's Field Notes it's it's so good I, I just love her videos she edits them so beautifully and you can tell that she's really being her authentic self in her videos which I'm so here for like you see her goofy side her more like thinking side that's not really what I want to say like she'll just chat about anything that's on her mind and I think it's really cool to see for me the most inspiring people are always those people who are genuinely themselves and who just are unapologetically doing whatever they feel like doing pretty much so I'm enjoying her videos she does some like bilingual ones where she speaks in French and English I think I have mentioned this before to be fair this sounds familiar but yeah I think I think she's really cool so that's Leah's field notes on on YouTube and she has a podcast as well another favorite is the John Richardson and the Future Notes podcast that I was talking about earlier I'll leave that below if you want to go and have a listen and I think that's everything for this week thank you so much for listening as always I really really appreciate it and I hope that you have a lovely rest of your day lovely rest of your week I will leave you with a lovely little quote which says you're always one decision away from a totally different life so if you can take some inspiration from that then go for it other than that thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of space to learn I'm Lucy Woodward and I'll be back again next Wednesday with another brand new episode Bye.